Welcome to the Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Shana Recker, and I help entrepreneurs be, do, and have more in life through sharing the strategies and the mindset tools that have helped me build multiple six-figure online businesses. The mission behind this show is simple, to allow more people to pursue their most meaningful goals, take the right actions, and make their desires become a reality. This podcast and our guests will help you make a quantum leap from where you are to where you want to be. And before you jump into this episode today, don't forget to go and download the Nail Your Niche free guide and online tool to help you get super clear with your niche so that you can attract in those dream clients. You can grab that at shanarecker.com forward slash niche. Now let's dig in. Hello, welcome to the Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Shana Recker, and today I have with me an awesome guest. Her name is Melanie Ann Lair, the founder of the Alpha Femme brand. If you don't know who Alpha Femme is, I just discovered her three months ago. I feel like I was living under a rock. I don't know how I didn't know about Melanie. Melanie, she has a really awesome story, first of all, which she's going to share. She went from being like bankrupt and sleeping in her car to owning a multi-million dollar business and helping so many women create multi-million dollar businesses themselves. She has just this really amazing ability to share how law of attraction and energy and how all of that stuff works. And she's got a unique way of looking at it. And she shares a lot of that in today's episode. I can't wait to share her with you. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to let Melanie take it over. Welcome, Melanie. So Melanie, welcome to the Pursuit Podcast. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I would love if you could start with how you became Alpha Femme. Okay. Well, this is funny because right before we jumped on, I'm like, okay, where do I start the story? Where do I start? <laughs> Sorry. It's like at any point, it'll be good. But I think the thing that's important whenever we're telling our story is that it's a different story depending on where you start. It, it changes the the vibe a little bit, but I will start here because I think it's the best place to start. I was 25 years old. I didn't have a very good education. Like my parents did everything they could for me. They sent me to private school when I was little, and but I just wasn't very good at focusing in the classroom. So I didn't even finish high school. I, it was very disappointing for my parents and very stressful for me because I've been told my whole life that if you don't have an education, there's nothing after that for you. Life's going to be hard and life's going to be a struggle. And I really did believe that like that was very much coded within me that my life would be hard because I didn't have an education. And it's not like I was, I I was just not good at it. I couldn't remember. I'd sit in front of my exam and everything would disappear. So I started selling in clothing stores and becoming managers of little boutiques. And I found this job where I was a self-employed saleswoman and I was able to travel a little bit with this job and it was a commission only job and I was really good at it. But then I brought in my partner, my boyfriend at the time to be the manager. So I was the trainer. He was the manager and we were not right for each other. It was a whole mess, but we were together for seven years. Couldn't leave him completely addicted to the relationship, even though it was really bad for me. And when I broke up with him, he fired me from my job. And I remember at the time I was, I couldn't work in my radius where my home was. So the only way I could keep my job was to work 200 kilometers away from my house. So I drove my car to Sherbrooke and I was doing my job from there, but I was so heartbroken. Like every single thing about me that had been so magnetic before was effortless for me. I could sell. I was all of a sudden, I can't, I just can't. People are literally repelled by me. I would do this announcement in a store, giving a free gift. And usually there'd be 50 people in front of me, happy and excited for my demonstration. And now not one person would come to the counter. And if they did, they'd stay far. And it was the craziest thing. I really experienced magnetism at its opposite. 
in, in those moments. It, there was nothing I could do. People wouldn't even come near me. I was a human repellent. It was in, in, in incredible. So my money started to dwindle very rapidly. And I, I'll never forget the first night I couldn't pay for the hotel room and had to sleep in the front seat of my Honda Civic in the parking lot of a Canadian tire in Sherbrooke. And it was, it was a winter. So it was snowing. I was freezing and just the paychecks got smaller and smaller until I couldn't, I had no food. I had no money even to put enough gas in the car to drive somewhere. I just, there was just no money. And I, I just was so mad at everything because I had been a very overgiving person in life, trying to be liked all the time, always trying to do what everybody else needed for me to be the good girl and the eldest of three kids. So that was like my MO in life is do what everybody else wants so that you don't get in trouble and show that you're the good one that can take care of and help and support and give and show. So that was so ingrained in my identity. And then all of a sudden I lose everything and there's nobody there. And I felt so bitter and so resentful and so angry at everybody. And I, I had a, a really rough few months sleeping in my car and, and not having any food and being mad at everybody. And a series of events happened, some quite dramatic events happened, but what, what happened is it led me to personal development. And I started looking like, if everything isn't working in my life, is it possible just maybe that I'm the problem and went down a rabbit hole of personal power and radical self-responsibility and self-ownership. And looking at emotional intelligence and my mind, like I, I was able to understand about the mind enough to see that my mind had been very much coded in a way that wasn't serving me. So I decided to work on my emotions and retrain my mind and to decide, I, I decided to become somebody else. I remember making the decision. I, I was still sleeping in my car and I said, can you, I said to myself, can you imagine if one day you're one of those people with a story, like you turn this around somehow and you're one of those people who might speak on a stage or inspire people to make it through hard times in their lives. Like what, will, if that, just what if that happens? And if it did, what would you want to tell the audience? And I had this thought, live your life the way you want to remember it in hindsight, live your life the way you want to tell the story in hindsight. And it just changed the way I was. It was like, it almost felt like a Truman show experience for anybody who's ever watched that movie. Yeah. <laughs> like I've like to switch. Year. Yeah. Yeah. For the next year, you're imagining people are watching your every move. Maybe I'm on TV. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of what was happening. It really was just this feeling of, oh my gosh, if this becomes something good, then let me be everything I can be here. And at least I'll be proud of the story. So I, I really did the hard work for myself. Like it was not easy for me to work on all the resentment and the, the frustrations and the anger. I had a lot of forgiveness I needed to do, but slowly, and I, I started doing the work and I started to change me on the inside. And even though nothing circumstantially changed, I wasn't making more money or I wasn't connected more to anybody, just the inner game. It just started to change how I felt about life. And I actually found a peace completely broke and sleeping in my car, a piece of freedom I had never touched in my life before. And it actually disempowered money. It like took money off a pedestal. I always thought I needed to be money to have money in order to be worthy of my identity of my life. It took money off a pedestal. It took the fear of bankruptcy and a failure away, which was the thing I'd always tried to avoid my whole life and played small out of fear of that happening, took that fear away. And it just kind of put me in this super powerful position of nothing to lose everything to gain. And it's, my journey was very aligned because what happened is a friend called me, she was going through a hard time and 
everything I've been doing for myself just came out for her. And she was like, how do you know all this stuff? And I'm like, I've been working on myself and this is what I've been doing. And she told friends about me and they wanted to hire me as a coach. I didn't even know what a coach was. Um, and she was like, you need to be a coach. They want to hire you. How much do you charge? I was like, I can't be a coach. I'm sleeping in my car. Like I can't do this. And there was such imposter syndrome, but I knew it was helping me and it had really helped her. And she was like, they want to pay you. So I started this business called the invisible coach. And basically the only way they could hire me was through word of mouth referrals. And I built a six figure business from the front seat of my car. Only just me, just the invisible coach for a couple of years. And then it just so happened that I met some of my clients in person and yeah, things developed and then social media. And that was in 2013. It started in 2017. Alpha Femme came through. And the minute I said the words, yeah, the minute I said the words, I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. And I knew I was going to have to up my game again. Like if I was going to lead something so big, I was going to have to become an even stronger woman in order to lead it. Mm. So then it was the journey of being and becoming the mm. woman who could hold Alpha Femme as a, as a context for the world. And that took me in all kinds of amazing directions. But what I've done my whole, my whole journey is I've brought people with me. Mm. I come from a very together we rise perspective of like, this is where I am. This is where I'm walking. This is the channel I, I receive from, and I'm happy to share it with you. And we all grow together from the same channel. I'm very much connected to my programs, my people. I'm still mm. so hands on deck with my coaching. So I've grown exponentially in the last few years. And so have my clients. But in 2018, we had our first million dollar year and then 2.5 and 8.5. And this year we're at 17 million for the year. And it's just been such an incredible journey and it makes no sense. Yeah. And it's extraordinary. <laughs> it's awesome though. It's so, it's so inspirational because so many people are sitting there in their excuses of why they can't. And mm -hmm. it's like, you have to, you know, you said it right there. It's like, we are always the problem. Like it's got, you mm -hmm. got, it's not anything ever external from you. That's stopping you from having what you desire. It's always inside of Like it's you that's stopping you. Right. Like you said, your energy shifted and like everything was, it was, you had to get out of your own way. Yeah. And I mean, the truth is, it's that it's also you because mm -hmm. in certain situations, it does feel like the world's completely against you. Like if you've mm -hmm. never had any money, you have no resources, mm -hmm. you, you live in a, in a world where people judge you before they even get to know you because of the way you look or your background. Like there are things that make it harder. That's yeah, true for sure. But I've seen women of all backgrounds, all, all life, you know, walks of life, all ages, all ethnicities break through from this. And it's like, it's not that it's only you. It's mm -hmm. that there's life and then there's your response to it. And sometimes no matter how crazy the life your life is and how much evidence you have that it's not possible for you, you can be the exception. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I realized is like, I could be the exception. Mm -hmm. There's always the potential. There's a, it's yes. always there, right? Yeah. 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 And so you could see that for yourself, but it, it's also too, like, it's the actions that you took and the, the things that you said yes to. And like, someone said, would you coach my friend? Like you could have easily said no. And I'm like, you know, and because you were like scared, but still was like, I'm not a coach, but still said yes. Right. Like mm -hmm. there's so many, like, I always, I'm, I'm somebody who truly believes that the answers are found in the actions. And it's like, if you say yes to something, even though it feels scary, there's something in there for you and you're going to uncover it. And then it's going to lead you to the next thing and the next thing, which is basically basically what your life unfolded from just saying yes to that, you know, that first action kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes we think we need to be so much more than we already are in order to be worthy now. 
Mm. Like that friend of mine who was just like, just, just tell her what you told me, just tell her what you're doing. Like, you don't need to do more than that. I don't care that where you're sleeping. She doesn't care where you're sleeping. Just, you know, Mm. just be invisible. If you want, just do for her what you did for me. That's all just, Mm -hmm. just do that. And I was like, Oh my God. But then when I started getting the feedback, you changed my life. This one conversation is everything I've ever needed, marriage is restored and, you know, women reclaiming their power to do extraordinary things at hyperspeed, like things were happening so fast. I was like, God, this is really helping people. This is really yeah. helping people. So my confidence started to grow and, and over the time. rest is history. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the other thing people need to hear is that you don't have to come to the table with a ton of results and all of these, you know, big numbers and all of these things. You just need to say like, I've, I, I helped somebody, this helped somebody. It's one, you could say it's helped you. Like what mm-hmm. have you done to help yourself can be a great place to start. And then you start to slowly build more and more transformations. And then people start to, it catches on. Right. So, um, I think that's very powerful that you were able to, sh- you know, share that and, and, and be vulnerable in that, which is awesome. Um, one of the things that you talked about, the first thing that I actually ever watched of yours was with, you did a co a co thing with Amanda Francis. And there was yeah. the group that's where I discovered you was in that group. And you did a training in that group. And I, I wish I, I wish I still had it. Cause it was so yeah. powerful. And it was all about the lack mentality, of how we habitually carry that around. And that was like, and honestly, I listened to that training like as many times as I could before that group went away. Cause it, I resonated with it so hard. And so I'd love for you to just, if you don't mind, speak a little bit about that, that, that lack mentality, that habitual mentality that I know for me, it held it's when I thought about it, I was like, this is what's holding me back from having the true abundance that I know is possible. So I'd love for you to maybe have a little, if there's anything you find I'm missing, just let me know. Cause I talk about this yeah. stuff so much that sometimes like, which part was I talking about when, but it doesn't matter. It's all, okay. it's all, it's all happening as it should. All the flow. <laughs> so what I realized in my life is that even though I thought I was a positive person, most of my responses in my internal system were lack based. Mm all trying to avoid lack, trying to do it in order to not lack, afraid that I would lack, doing more in case I lacked. So even though it was positive, it was lackful, like lack mentality. And what I found in my life is that we put positivity on a pedestal and really that's not even what's going to help you. I have had some of my biggest months during the hardest times of my life. This whole, like, you've got to be happy and positive in order to to manifest. That's not exactly right. And I think that it, it causes a little bit of a lot of problems in the world because it, it puts it almost impossible to manifest. Like people aren't just happy. Life is a life of duality and you've got to be able to navigate all your feelings. And I think it also really cuts off a big piece of the planet who's not happy right now and would mean that they can't get out of that just because they're not happy. Like, I think there, there are some ways that people talk about manifestation now that kind of isolates certain groups of people who could just have everything they wanted and and puts in the shadow everyone else with a struggle. And I really don't think that's the case because if I think of all the women in my life or the, the humans in my life that have inspired me, their stories that they tell me shake me to my core. These were not happy, go lucky people before everything changed. They tend to change from the hardest times of their life. So what happens is we're walking around with this need to try to protect ourselves from lack. Everything 
is kind of angled that way. We don't realize it, but it's this self-preservation trying to avoid lack, which is on the same vibration as not enough. And everything we do is this fear of not enough. Even for ourselves, the top thing I hear women say to me is like, my fear is that I'm not enough. And I'm like, what's that line? What is the line of enough? Because one millimeter below it is you're not enough. So what is enough? What's that? What is that amount? And why is that the line we're aiming for? Why aren't we going for extraordinary, bountiful, plentiful, magical, extraordinary things? Why are we going for just enough where one millimeter below is not enough? We're so close to lack all the time. Just enough, just as much as we need. But then one millimeter below that is not enough and not enough for what we need. So we're constantly walking on this tightrope that's one millimeter off. And just about to cause us to go into a downward spiral. So what I love to look at in life is what, what does it look like if you are already okay? Like I'm okay. That that's, that's honestly the, the part that changed my life is realizing after I'd lost everything, there's nothing left to lose that I was okay. That's what set me free. And when I listen to the patterns of a lot of women who set themselves free, that's the awareness that happened. It's like after the worst thing in the world happened to you and you survived, what else are you going to fear? So it's not that you're happy. It's not that you're positive. It's just that you're not, you're no longer playing not to lose. Playing not to lose changes your strategy. It changes the way you play. As soon as there's nothing left to lose, then you can just play with everything you've got. So I feel a lot of people discover themselves when they're no longer afraid to lack. There's nothing left to lack. Everything's gone. It's the end of their rope. Then it's like, okay, well, now I can give everything I've got because there's nothing to lose. So when I have tried to translate that in my life, now that there is a lot on the line for me and my business is a lot bigger, it's this understanding that we're constantly walking with fear and abundance mentality at the same time. But the strongest energy always wins. And what if scenarios in our brain always have the the potentiality of activating these energetic responses, these emotional responses? Neither one are true. What if it works? What if it doesn't? There isn't much of a a difference in truth in that. They're both not true. They're both not real. Except the one we fundamentally fear and the other one we hope. And the fear feels more real in our body. So the fear of lack, the fear of pain, the fear, and fear is anticipation of pain. So we experience these feelings on the inside and they feel so real because they feel stronger than the desire that we're trying to play with and say, can you imagine what if this happened? What if this happened? So what I found that was the the crazy flip for me is as long as the dreams are bigger than the fears, we're good. You can still have the fears, but can you dream bigger? So what's needed to do is like, when I feel afraid, am I still going to be okay? Can I just neutralize? Even if that happened to me, would I be okay? Because if I can do that, then I can empower the dream and disempower the fear. It's not about not believing it anymore. It's not even about not being scared anymore. It's just this feeling of like, if it came, would I be okay? And as I've managed to do that and walk with this duality, my power has increasingly increased. But instead of being upset at being scared, which is what we do, which is like still attached to lack, trying to take away something, trying to remove something, trying to stop something that's all in the lack frequency. But if you are just at peace with what is and you add something beautiful, then you're in the positive. So it's just try, just stopping to fight against ourselves so much. Stop trying to create negative energy. Even like trying to remove something is creating negative energy. It's just stabilize and then add add power 
on top, but you don't need to let go of your fears or your sadnesses to be extraordinary. You just have to be able to walk with duality and, and create a positive charge, but not positive in energy, in emotion, positive in energy, meaning you're no longer in lack and deficit. Now you're neutralized plus a dream. So this has a positive frequency, even though it may feel stressful still in your body, in the universe and the quantum energetics, you're, you're in positive energy. Yeah. That's so powerful because I think there's, I know for me, when I was thinking about what you were saying with the whole lack thing is I didn't realize that I was carrying that around and it was a habit for me. So I didn't even notice it. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, say playing on that line of always just, just enough, just enough. It was like, I was playing in that part in my life for so long of just enough and didn't even see that I was doing it. And it was like, it was like a huge wake up call that, that whole, like one neutralizing the fear. And then, you know, well, the awareness that you are carrying that around, first of all, on a day-to-day basis, you don't realize that you're living in that negative um, energy or that negative frequency. So recognizing that it was there, but then neutralizing it by, and, and I've heard you talk about this before, by actually feeling and processing your feelings, like recognize that it's there and feel it and be like, mm-hmm. okay, this is here. Deal with it. Is this the worst thing that could ever happen to me? No, probably not. I, will I get through it? Yeah, probably neutralize it and then keep going, keep moving. Yeah. Cause one of the greatest breakthroughs I had is that the fear that I feared feeling I was already feeling. Yeah. That was the part that was just like, yeah, it doesn't like you're already doing it. <laughs> yeah. Like if I tap into the feeling in my body right now, it's the same feeling I'm trying to avoid. So I'm here. Yeah. So now what, you know, yeah. it kind of set me free from that. Yeah. And I loved um, when you were talking about processing your feelings, the sad sushi roll. I think yeah. about that now. <laughs> Every, whenever I start to feel something, I'm like, all right, sad sushi roll moments, like let it come out, like deal with it. Don't focus on, you know, the situation, just feel the feelings, process them and let them go. Which, which... Yeah, because That's the thing we create. This is why the word negative, I think is misused, especially in, in quantum energetics. When we're talking about manifestation, negative doesn't mean sad. Mm. Negative means lack. It's not the same. Lack mm. meaning there is none of it, meaning negative space, negative energy, not negative like you're sad, you're upset, you're negative. That's that's very surface level. That's not mm-hmm. that's not what it means. So for me, I've actually noticed that there's beauty in sadness. And that if I let myself find the beauty mm. in sadness, the sadness actually becomes a positive energy. Because it's like when Kevin, my my fiance, sees that I'm having a day, you know, he'll be like, okay sad sushi roll day. So what I mean by sad sushi roll is that he roll, literally rolls me up in a blanket until I'm like, and then feeds me soup. And that is my yeah. sad sushi roll day. And and then however long it lasts, because it could take a few minutes because then it's funny. And, but the fact of I'm allowed to be sad. And sometimes I'll have like a beautiful bubble bath with candles and sad music yeah. and just letting myself be sad. I'll have a moment sometimes where time freezes and I can kind of see what's happening. And I'm like, I'm a young woman having a broken heart moment in a bubble bath with candles and I'm crying. And there's actually something really poetic and beautiful about that. Mm -hmm. And it changes the energy instead of like, I shouldn't be sad. This is really bad for me. I'm creating Mm -hmm. bad things. I'm manifesting bad things, which is kind of what we're taught to to fear is that as soon as we have a real human emotion, we're sabotaging our experience. And it's like, that's not, if we weren't meant to feel sadness and anger, it wouldn't be there. It's just what about it? Like, how do you experience those feelings? It's the compounded emotion that's usually the problem. Feel sad, but then don't judge the sad, feel sad, and then feel love for the sad. Then you've got, you've got abundance. Mm. If you feel sad and you're trying to remove the sad, you're into lack. 
If you're Mm -hmm. sad and you're trying to kill the sad, you're in lack. If you're sad Mm -hmm. and you're judging the sad, you're angry about the sad. That's where you create deficit energetically. But if it's like, okay, this is sadness. It's what I have. Let me empower this feeling. Let me feel it. I'm okay. It's just a neutral, you get to neutralize Mm -hmm. it or even empower it. Now you've got positive frequencies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's so beautiful. And I think one of the things that I see a lot of people do too, is they try and fix the sad by doing, 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 they get in that mechanical masculine energy. It's like, oh, this is happening. I don't want this. I need to change this. I need to do this. And sometimes you, you just need to let it be like, don't try and fix it process it. And that's been, I know that's been a big thing for me as well. It's like, I don't have to fix everything that, that goes wrong. Sometimes I just need to sit in it for a bit. Yeah. Like when we're trying to fix it, we can't actually look at it and process and say, what is in this for me? Like this, what's, Mm -hmm. why is this happening? What do I need to learn? How do I need to grow from this versus trying to, you know, push it away, stuff it down, fix it, change it, stop it kind of thing. There's And the other part of that is that fixing it would not even be an issue if you were fixing it from a place of empowerment. But most of the time, the the silent energy behind fixing is getting rid of the sad, which is negative. Yeah. Yeah. So if it were fixing it energy on the frequency of creating joy, it would be fine, but that's not what we do. We're fixing it to remove the sad, in which case that's negative energy. One of the things that I love, we're kind of switching gears here a little bit, but one of the things that I love that I heard you say that really resonated with me to the point where I actually said to my husband, I think I want to get a tattoo of this on my arm was oh. the, for me, the, for you, for us, yeah. right? Because it's such a, as, and, and I'll just share my own like point of view from my business is like, it's always like, you're trying to be, you know, the best you, you want to be one of the, you know, I like how you say one of the greats and you're, you know, you're seeing what she's doing and what this person's doing. And you're it, like, it feels like this, this, um, arena of like everybody trying to fight to be the best. And then you said for me, for you, for us, and I literally melted and I was like, this is what this is about. And I would love for you to share, uh, about that. Yeah. So what I found in my life is when I feel the most alone is when I'm trying to do things for me. I feel alone because if I feel I need to do something for me, it's usually attached with the thought that no one else does, or I need to, because nobody takes care of me. It always comes with a story. If I've got to, you know, I've got to take some time for me. It's usually got a code behind it. That basically means I've been given to everybody else. And now I have to take time for me. And the other part of that is I found that when I give to other people and I forget myself, then I give to them and they may feel loved, but I don't actually feel a connection. I may actually feel a resentment. I'm giving Mm -hmm. to you. Maybe I even have an expectation of you. There's a separation when I do things for you. I do it for you, but there's something missing. There's something not connected. Mm -hmm. When I do something for me and for you, I create an us. Mm -hmm. And the us is the most powerful frequency on the planet and one that we need now, I believe, more than we ever have. Mm-hmm. We're so divided that the us frequency is what's going to bring us to something beautiful, but we've got to understand us in a different way. Not a codependent us, not an, if there's no us, I can't be me, a very independent, powerful for me, for you, for us. What I do in my life, I do it for me because it's good for me. And I'm honest about that, but I do it for you because I love you. And when I do things for me to take care of me and I do things for you to take care of you, there's an us and that us changes everything. So that's one of the contexts in my life that I run everything through for me, for my clients, for the world, for me, for my team, for the industry, for me, for my friends, for, for women, you know, does it hold a bigger context than just me? And what I found is it's opened my energy so big to consider that much energy, but Mm -hmm. it's not 
it's not a selfless energy because the selfless energy doesn't resonate with me either. I was, I was put on this planet for my life. It's not about being selfless and giving to everybody. It's me first for me, for you, for us. Can I make decisions that are a triple win? And what happens when I'm that kind of person, when people are around me and they're like, this person leads herself, but she considers me and she has a big vision in mind. It changes the frequency of my decisions, of my presence, of people's trust in me, of my trust in me, of my long-term relationships. And it doesn't actually require more energy. It gives me peace and it helps me make the right choices in my life. Any less mistakes now that I process things through that filter. Is this good for me, for you, for us? My two greatest contexts are for me, for you, for us. And is it good for now and later? If I process things through those two contexts, I will rarely make a mistake. Yeah, that's what I love about it. You can run it like a filter through what you're doing. Like, is this good for me? But is it also good for my clients? Is it good for the other women in the industry? Like that was the thing that really hit me. It's like, we are in this collectively together. By me winning and having success in my business is being proof for other women that if I can do this, you can do this. And I want to share what I'm learning. Like, that's why I have this podcast. That's why I do, you know, what I do on social media is I want to share my vulnerabilities, but also share the things that are working for me, share what I'm learning, share people like you with the audience, because it's not just for me. It's for me. It's for them. It's for all of us that we can collectively become powerful alpha femmes, you know, like it's, it's a movement really. And so there is no competition. There is no, we're all doing this to, to be able to collectively show the world that we can achieve things. We can be powerful. We can be together. We can make a difference and we're never in this alone. And, and, and I know I felt that in my business before where it's like, you do sometimes feel really alone when you're an entrepreneur and you're building these things and you're comparing yourself and doing all this. And it's like, we got to let that mentality go. We're all in this together. And the, the other beautiful part in this as well, when we think of like, for me, for you, for us is the alone part is something that we do to ourselves. We do the alone thing. We say, look, I am alone because I need to be the best. The thing is, if I want to be the best, then I'm no longer for you. Because if I'm the best, what are you? So when I was thinking about being the best, which is very masculine energy construct, and we're taught from from a young age to have that competitive edge and to be the best. But I realized that doing my best and being the best are two very different frequencies. And doing my best and wanting to be amongst the greats, the frequency of that is I bring my most beautiful frequency ever to the planet. And I coexist with other women doing the same thing. And I'm proud of being part of a collective that does good for the world. We rise together. If I need to be the best, that means I immediately want you to be less than me. I immediately sever the us. I immediately sever the you in my plan. So it's not possible. It, and the greats, like being one of the greats, when I, and I was talking about this in one of my masterclasses this year, like when I think of being an artist, I wouldn't want to be the best artist. I would want to be an artist that's among the greats When people talk about the best artists in the world, I would want to be among them. You don't do it to be the one best that no one wants to go to brunch with because you're trying to, you know, knock everybody's songs off the charts and monopolize the industry. Like that's not, that's not the way it is when it's art. It's like, can we collaborate? Can we make, bring, come together and do this song for the world? Can we do this song? You know, can we do this song for broken hearts together? Can we do this song for women empowerment together? Can we do this song? for unity in the world together. Like artists come together as one of the greats and they do their best and they put out their best music and they listen to each other's music and they're proud of each other and they sit in ceremonies and they celebrate each other. And 
They watch each other perform. And that's a very big part of what I wanted to bring to entrepreneurship is to say, can we have great entrepreneurs, women rising, women of our age this time? Like this is a season now. We're in the season of legends. Like what legends are being born in entrepreneurship. Women who are changing the conversation about how, how what's possible in wealth and, and magnetism and leadership. Can we be legends together? Or does there have to be one that sweeps the floor and everybody else is not enough? So that's the frequency I want to model for the planet is like, I get to do my best every day, but I don't need to be better than you. I want to be with you. I want the greats to emerge and I want to be one of them together. And in that frequency, I feel like it's a lot easier to lead a movement. And it's a lot easier for women to want to be around me too, because I want to lead leaders. That's a big part of my mission. I don't just want to speak to people who need a voice. I want people who have their own voice and who know exactly who they are and still desire support from a really empowered place. So to speak to a leader, there's this compound leadership piece where it's like a leader leading a leader is different than a leader leading a follower. It's a very different energy. Is I respect your voyage, your choices, your differences, your mind, your intelligence. Like you are an entire complete entity. And I want to share with you who I am and what I know and what I do. And I want us together to do more together. That's compound leadership. So how can I be on that frequency if me needing to be the best immediately makes you feel less than around me? We'll never walk together. So shoulder to shoulder means equal power, but different together. We rise. And that's really the vision that I have for feminine energy leadership in the future. Oh, that is so powerful. Everybody needs to like re-listen to that, the whole thing, but that section over and over and over again, that was so, so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And I totally agree. And, and the thing is, is there is room for all of us. Like, I think that's the, that goes back to the whole lack mindset thing is like, oh, well, there's not enough room. There's too many people doing this, you know, all da, 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 da. It's like, no, there's room for all of us to be successful. How many, you know, energetics mindset coaches, like I think of business coaching and all the things like there is room for all of us to be great. There's room for all of us to have the abundance and do all of the things. There will never be enough coaches because at the level where I'm coaching now, my clients have on average three, when you have more power, more resources, you're like, I want a fitness person. A mindset person, a business person, or a relationship person, a social media person, a this person, there will never be enough. There will never be enough restaurants for us to have new content. There will never be enough hotels for you to have variety and romance. There will never be enough. There will never be enough. So instead of thinking there's too many doing it, remember there will never be enough because it's an ever-growing world with new people in desire of more every day. There will never be enough. Uh, there's one last thing I'd love for you to touch on, and then we'll wrap this up. Alpha Femme is the brand of she who leads herself. Yeah. So like that just gives me goosebumps. So she who leads herself, how, how did you come up with that? What, what does that mean for you? I'll, I'll answer it quickly. Cause I think it can be different and then we can okay. still make space for your other question. So for me, she who leads herself is that leadership and feminine energetics is not about what you say. It's about who you are. We don't teach leadership. We model it. We don't teach freedom. We model it. So if you really want to be a feminine leader in our time, you have got to learn to lead yourself because what people will choose among anything else is not what you know. It's what you know has done for you. Like what has that done for you knowing that? How do you lead yourself on a a regular basis? So the clients in my world, the women in my world, they're self-led, which makes them magnetic and they're self-led and they have a leader by choice 
compound leadership. So it's, I lead myself and you lead yourself, but we walk side by side and together we do better. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. And that's so true. I think that's one of the hardest things that people that I notice in the industry that the coaching industry is people finding their voice and leading themselves authentically. Cause you know, everybody's, Oh, she's doing it this way. I'm going to do it this way. She's doing it that way. I'm going to do it that way. And it's like, sometimes it takes some time to remove the layers to, to really find your true authentic voice and allow it to come through. But in order to lead, I think you have to, you've got to dig in and find that. And that's some of that inner work that you talked about. You know, it's like, we've got to, we've got to look within ourselves to discover who we really truly are and allow that, that woman to come out. And like, I always say, come out and play, you know, cause it's always harder to try and be like someone else at the end yeah. of the day. And well, I feel like if we were, if we bring this back to art, a lot of artists will sing cover songs until they learn how to write their own music. Yeah, it's true. But when you think of the greats, you think of the people who sing their own songs. Yeah. Or, or the ones who had songs written for them, but you know what I mean? It's like, th- yeah. that was their song. The cover mm-hmm. artists, although they may have amazing voices, they don't quite make it as big because even though they have amazing talent, they haven't found their voice, their message, their, their unique mm-hmm. signature. So there mm-hmm. are incredible coaches out there teaching other people's material and they get to be amazing. Same as you can hire a cover artist to do incredible things, mm-hmm. but it isn't until you discover your own voice that you have that one of the greats energy and that one yeah. of the greats frequency. So wherever you are, if you're finding yourself borrowing stuff, you know, giving credit where credit is due is important. Same as if you were to sing a cover song to say where you got the song from, it doesn't make you a lesser coach to be excellent at, at teaching someone else's material. Just be clean about it, but keep an open mind that until you write your own songs, you're just a cover artist and it's okay. And you get to decide what you want, but if you want to be one of the greats, you've got to also trust yourself to lean back from other people's voice and try make yeah. mistakes, see what lands, see what doesn't, but yeah, I, I think I agree. I, I do. And I do think that it's totally cool to learn from other people and emulate and do those things to help you get in, get your feet going and get going. But there is a time and space where you're going to get stuck. You know, there's going to be a spot where it's just not going to seem to work so much anymore. And that's that point, that pivotal point in your business where you have to really go inward and go, who am I? What do I really want to say? What are my opinions? And then really trust yourself to go out there and speak that truth because that's like, to me, when I look at your brand and I look at what you've done and everything about what you've created here with alpha femme, it's it there, it's you, like it's you, it's that level of, of you, you're, you're not being anybody else, but your true self. And that's what makes you so like magnetized because people are drawn to that. And you wrote that, you wrote about that one, your last Instagram post, the one I just read it last night. And it was, it was brilliant. And it was all about that, like really trusting yourself and and putting yourself out there. And, you know, like you, you said, there was like a switch and it's like a feeling and you just know you've hit that moment that, okay, last thing. And this is actually kind of fun. I have to admit when I went to your site, cause of course I went to your site and, and there was a couple programs I, I invested in and stuff. And I love everything you teach. And we'll definitely talk about what you have coming up here to the audience, but I saw all the pineapples and I was like, and the t-shirts, the pineapple season's coming and I couldn't figure it out. I was like, why the pineapples? And then I heard you talk about it in, I think one of the trainings I, I was a part of. So let's just wrap it up with the pineapple. So this is actually very funny because it's something that happened when I was in Hawaii. We went to the Dole Pineapple Plantation in Hawaii and it's a very touristy thing to do, but Kevin's very touristy kind of guy. (laughs) And he wanted us to go 
and just walk around and see the pineapples. Well, they had this little train called the Pineapple Express. And obviously, Kevin wanted to go on the Pineapple Express. So we're sitting on this little train. He's six foot five. His knees are literally knocking in the seat in front of him. I have no idea why he wants to do this so much. But we get on this Pineapple Express and he just is enamored by everything we're seeing and i'm kind of checked out and i'm listening to how cheesy this guy is on the it's like this hawaiian man's voice like hello hana and welcome to the pineapple express and i'm like what am i doing on here and all of a sudden it's he starts to explain pineapples and he's like pineapples take 18 months to grow and he's explaining all these things and my brain just was like 18 months to grow a pineapple and and then he was like and then it can do a second pineapple that one takes a year and then you uproot the whole plant and you have to plant a new one or else it doesn't taste enough and my brain just went and the whole rest of the pineapple express i was thinking of what i wrote here and i wrote it on the on the drive home and this is the the post the lessons we're meant to learn will always find their way to us through the path of least resistance in our lives When we live in alignment with our purpose and our deepest desires, when we learn to lead ourselves with love, curiosity, and a willingness to listen, right where we least expect them, there they are. They show up in a conversation with a stranger in a social media post. They show up in the middle of nature. When we're ready to hear the messages, they come. Here is something Hawaii taught me. Pineapples take 18 months to grow, one pineapple per plant at a time. Once it's ready to be picked, the same plant can produce a second pineapple. This one will take up to one year to grow. Once the pineapple has birthed its second plant, it's, then it's uprooted and a new, seed, a new seed is planted in its place or a new crown is planted in its place. It takes longer to create a pineapple than a human baby. In fact, up to twice as long. We often question the timing of the universe. We even give up on our dreams because they don't seem to come to fruition as fast as we believe they should. But what if we chose to trust that everything in our life has a perfectly aligned harvest time, that we cannot see what is growing in the crops beneath us, but magic is happening, that mother nature, God, the universe, they have heard us. They received the seed. That the mindset we water our thoughts with and the rays of sun and hope that warm our hearts and dreams are strengthening us and aligning us with the people, the places, and the circumstances we desire. I believe the life we create is like an ecosystem. Everything has a place and a purpose. Some things regenerate quicker than others. Some operate on a different timing. If you've been worried that your dreams aren't manifesting as quickly as you desire, please remember that the fruits of your labor are on the way. You planted those seeds however long ago, and golden fruits with crowns are worth being patient for. Pineapple season is coming. That is so beautiful. And you just like wing that off. (laughs) Yeah. That is amazing. Now it totally makes sense. And that's the thing I, you know, what a great way to put a bow on this is to just, um, leave you guys with that is to know that I love that the golden fruits of your labor are they're coming. The crown is planted. You're ready to go. It's a great reminder, you know, to keep going, to keep pursuing your goals. So what a perfect way to, to wrap this up. Melanie, what, what, what's happening in your world right now? I'd love for you to share that. Cause I'm, I'm, I know people are going to be heading there as soon as they're, they're done listening to this. So what will be coming up is in November alpha to alpha, 
which is my leadership program. So everything I talk about, compound leadership, she who leads herself, walking side by side with powerful women, how to hold your space in a for me, for you, for us context. That's mm-hmm. Alpha to Alpha and it's in November. There's probably going to be a masterclass before it. So if you plug into my world, you'll see you know, yeah. what's coming. I'll probably do a free masterclass and a smaller offer or something in the month of, of October before, but uh, that's, what's going to be coming next. Awesome. That's exciting. So follow Melanie. You can follow Alpha Femme. Uh, she does amazing branding. Your Instagram is just so luxurious. I love it. So make sure you go over there and follow her and it, whatever you guys can get your hands on with Melanie, whether it's the free masterclass or jumping into one of her programs, uh, make sure you just get yourself into her vibration because she is incredible. And Melanie, thank you so much for your time today. I so appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This was amazing. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It is my hope that this chat today helped you become relentless in the pursuit of your dreams. If you loved it, please leave an honest review on iTunes. It helps more people find this podcast, this content. And as always, I love when you share screenshots of these episodes on your iPhone into your iStories and tag me in it. I always reshare them and send you a personal thank you message every single time you do it. So thanks so much for joining. Until next time, be relentless in your pursuit.